This week on Behind the Message, Mike uses his dad voice. We talk about glow-in-the-dark scorpions. And Jeremy is highly caffeinated. Coming at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> 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 church family. It is September 28th. Welcome to Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. We do have a problem this week, however, in that um, Daniel has a birthday. And it's today, Monday, if you're watching this on Monday, September 28th. And he's 40 today. And so because Daniel is 40, guess what? He was too old to come today he was. He was. Um, to the filming of Behind the Message. And so we have guest host Jeremy Bledsoe, and we'll introduce him in a little bit. But happy birthday, did. Daniel. No, more. Oh. We'll do a little bit more introduction um, a little bit later. But welcome to Behind the Message. Um, we are going to press into our sermon from this past weekend, which will be great. We have some questions in our mailbag. It's not a mailbag. It's a mailbox. We have mailbox. some questions in our mailbox um, this week that we'll go over, which are pretty fun. Um, so, Jeremy. Yes. Glad you're here. I am very excited to be here this morning. I'm going to give you a little behind-the-scenes news about Jeremy. Jeremy's very excited to I'm be here. I am very excited. Um, Jeremy has had two coffees yes. and four shots of, es of espresso. Yes. Yes. That's how pumped I am to be at Behind the Message. Mm -hmm. so, so to come on down here in a little bit. So we're just going to get through today, and we're just going to keep rolling, and we don't know what's going to happen. Got to persevere. <laughs> but we, most of the people that are tuning in to Behind the Message know you, yes. but I want to let them get to know you a little bit better. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your family yes. and how long you've been at Tri-Cities and just some background about you. Yeah, so I've uh, been married to my wife, Ariel, for 15 years now, and for anybody that does know me, I married up. That is not a lie. That is complete truth. She's precious. She yes. is precious. Yes. And we have four precious children, eight years old and under, that are precious like their mommy. <laughs> and um, so while we originally hail from West Virginia, yes, right? Yes. Mountain Mama, take me home. Uh, we are now here. We've been in Tennessee for 10 years. We love it. And when we came here, we uh, had no intentions of staying. Nothing against Tennessee. We just didn't know the area. But we fell in love with this church body. Oh, that's sweet. And seriously, like that's what kept us here. Hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously in God's sovereignty, but for us, it was it was just this church body. And a matter of fact, here's a fun fact: that a lot of people don't know is our first Sunday here at Tri Cities was your all's first official Sunday here. Really? Yes. In January of 2011. Yes, it was. That's fun. And and I was like, man, it's their first day too. Okay, so here and we go. And you came back. And I came back. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. That's pretty cool. So okay. tell us what you do at, here at Tri Cities. Um, you are one of our elders mm. and are involved in lots of things. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. So I serve on the elder team. I'm also the pastor of member care, uh, which allows me to serve with our deacon team, okay. uh, which has been just an awesome experience. It's been a blessing to be a part of that. Uh, and for those who aren't as familiar with our deacon team, it is a team of men who faithfully serve our yeah. church uh, in times of crisis, in time where we need some uh, you know, more intense care, right? They come around our life groups and they come around people in times of seasons of loss, sickness, you know, you name it. Yeah. Um, can't say enough about yeah. the, just how much of a blessing those guys are. Yeah, they are. They're precious. Okay, so you have quite a history with Behind the Message. Yes. We touched on it a little bit a few weeks ago when you came and did the sermon recap with us, but just tell us, as, as the originator of mm -hmm. Behind the Message, in a weird way, tell us kind of um, how Behind the Message started. It looks a little different now, but yeah. tell us how it started. Yeah, yeah. So it was a really cool idea that Daniel and I had, had spoke about, 
And the idea was there's just so much in a sermon that is just so good, right? And yeah. when you come out of that sermon, when you walk out of the sermon, you're talking with your family and your friends, there's still just some questions and stuff you want to dig a little bit deeper in. So yeah. it's like, it would be really cool to have a study group that allowed people to come and either hear from the teaching pastor, you know, and then also be able to ask the pastor questions, yeah. uh, some stuff that's on their mind, which is really, it's grown into what this is, which yeah. is pretty cool. Which is great, and that's one aspect of this that we don't want to lose sight of, which is you can submit questions um, about the message, about things that are happening in our church, questions that you have for our pastors um, or people on staff. So you can submit those to btm at tcbchurch.org. So continue to do that. We got some great ones for this week. Um, so real quick, mm. Mike is going to come and do a sermon recap, but talk real fast. Share with us something that got you from the message. And what we try to do, um, we just try to share something really quick that stood out mm. to us, maybe that uh, caused us to think or take a moment to pause or whatever. So what got you from the message this week? Yeah, so in the second big idea, I believe it was the second big idea that Mike had pulled out that was essentially our life, we have a resurrected life in Christ, mm -hmm. okay? And because that's true of us, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now indwells in yeah. us. And he made that reference from Romans 8, 11. And I just got to thinking about that is I'm never alone. Hmm. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ indwells in me. So even in my weakest time, you know, where I'm either struggling with sin or I just feel just overwhelmed, whatever that is, that same Holy Spirit resides in me. I'm never alone. And I can go to his mm -hmm. word. I can go in prayer. And that was just beautiful. It was really, really helpful for me just to be able to think about that some That's more. That's awesome. That's awesome. What stood out to me, many things out of Romans, but at the very beginning of the message, Mike was doing a review of just the message of Romans. And mm -hmm. he was in Romans 1, 6, 1.16. Um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel mm -hmm. of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And, um, and so he made this statement where it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel how could, and I had to personalize it, how could I ever be ashamed of the gospel, of the good news mm -hmm. that declares the message of life from death, that life comes from death, um, and that we don't, I don't share that message as mm -hmm. I should, and that should never be a message that we're ashamed of or that we keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that one really motivated me to think, man, what a powerful, what a powerful message Absolutely. Um, we have, that life does come from death. Um, okay, so uh, Mike is going to come and he's yes. going to do uh, the sermon recap. I'm so nervous about this right now. Yes. So we're just going to welcome Mike in. So Mike, if you want to come and join no, us. No, 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 no. No, we're going to do this together. Kay. We're going to do this together. Ready? Yeah. Mike Lauren. Mike, come, come join on us down, buddy. Come on down. All right, so sermon recap time. The, here's the challenge of sermon recap, right, is how do you follow that introduction? No so job. I'll right. do the best I can. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that I can be that high. You can be that smooth. Or yeah. more mellow. And I think, so we're in the middle. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the reason is four shots of espresso. Something. I can't really match that, but nope. we'll try. So here we go. Sermon recap. We're back in the book of Romans, uh, part of the reading plan. Uh, I've been reading through the book of Romans the previous week. So diving into incredible book of Romans. And really, I think it's important. One of the things I hope our people and we continue to get out of the book of Romans is Paul makes very clear that the gospel it is an announcement of what has been done. It's a proclamation of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection. But then the last half of the book of Romans is all the implications of that into our lives. And that's just a massive reality for us to realize the gospel is an announcement for all and the gospel is not just for unbelievers, it continues to be for believers. And that's the Christian life, learning the implications 
of gospel truth into every area of life. So Romans 6, that's where we were, a huge example of that. And Paul declares some things that are just marvelously true about us by nature of the finished work of Christ that change our everyday life if we grasp the realities of these. So he uh, leads us through chapter 6, talks about our relationship to sin as believers will look categorically different as believers than it did before. Uh, can we continue in sin? The answer is absolutely not. And then the reason he makes that statement, and this is really the big truth, is how those uh, verses 3, 4, and 5, that we as believers by faith have been united with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. We live in union mm -hmm. with Christ. Again, one of those truths, we'll chase that for eternity, mm -hmm. but the reality that by faith we live in a living union with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are fundamentally transformed. We're not who we used to be. So that was the big truth. We, we are in a living union with Christ. Paul uses that term in Christ, in Christ, throughout the New Testament. That's the whole idea. Here he talks about being united with Christ and he uses baptism as a metaphor or as a picture. And a lot of confusion about that sometimes. Yeah. It, you could take it to mean, well, so all that happens when I'm baptized? No, baptism pictures this death, burial, resurrection to new life, this full immersion into Christ, being identified with Christ. And he uses that language there, the, the metaphor of baptism. So if that's true, I've been united with Christ by faith, there are some implications of that, and that's our big ideas. Big ideas always flow out of this big truth. Here's the big ideas Paul gives us. We're dead to sin. United with Christ, he makes a declaration, we have died to sin. Meaning, ton of implications or meanings of that, sin's no longer our master. Prior to Christ, no matter what the lost world, unbelieving world wants to say about freedom, apart from Christ, you are bound to sin. Sin is your master. Christ, in Christ, we've died to that power of sin. And, and that changes the way we live. And he explains all of that in Romans 6. Same truth, united uh, in Christ or with Christ, we are raised to walk in a new life, the newness of life. What kind of life? Resurrection life. The, the life of Christ is now in us, and this union with Christ, the life that we now live, he says in Galatians 2.20, it's not I who live, Christ in me. I think you made that point earlier. Christ in me. How's that possible? I've died with him, I've raised with him, and that is a reality now for believers. And then he, he goes on with the real practical applications there in that section of, okay, how do we wrestle with, this, with sin? Because third, third uh, big idea is even though sin is defeated by Christ, it's not eliminated in our lives. And we all know the reality of that. Man, I struggle. We struggle. There is a struggle mm -hmm. that continues on. But we struggle now from a totally different place. Sin is a defeated enemy. Still has some... You know, it still fights a guerrilla warfare yeah. in our flesh, but it's a defeated enemy. So just incredible realities and implications yeah. to our life. Yeah, so just to talk about that a little bit, there was something that I think you got to, um, I was excited about because you got to expand on specifically in the 11 o'clock service. I'm not sure all the services got to hear it, but it was this, it was this idea of, um, it really confronts some of the cultural lies that we 
um, here today, that we yeah. hear from believers today. Yeah. Um, some things like, um, and you said this in the 11 o'clock service, um, I, I've just always had this issue with, with anger. It's just how I am. It's how I was raised. My, my father had the same issue. Or I've just always struggled with this because of my upbringing or because of whatever. And you made some really strong statements mm -hmm. um, that I thought were really good. So just, just explain what you meant on how the um, implications of the resurrection of Christ in our lives just hits that square in the face, hit, hits yeah. those statements square in the face. So Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. One of the ways we're continually being transformed is our mind is being renewed. So these lies that we hold on to and that our culture is feeding us and we've been brought up with, the, the scripture just kind of like a missile explodes those yeah. and blows them up and therefore there, it should change the way we live. So for example, if it's true, which we believe it is, Romans 6, that we have died to sin Sin is not my master anymore. If we believe that truth, then we can't believe the lie that goes with sin's now my master. So here's some examples. You made some great examples. I hear stuff like this all the time. Well, you know, I, I can't control my anger. And this is from believers. I can't control my anger. That I learned it from my daddy or I saw that in my mom. Maybe that's true. What you're saying is you, you've trained yourself that way. But take biblical truth and say, wait a minute, that may be how I was brought up. That may be how my body's trained. That's how I've disciplined myself. You are not a slave to the sin of anger anymore. And the truth is you have to hold on. That's why Paul says, consider yourself to be dead to that. He talks about that in verse 11 and 12. Don't believe that lie anymore. And, and I even had folks come up to me after the service. It was a young man. He said, thank you for being honest about struggle with pornography, the struggle with sexual sin because we hear all the time oh man it's a fight I don't know if I can beat it and just do the best you can and here's here's how you defeat it or ongoing struggle well hold on to what's true sin is not your master it is a defeated foe you're going to struggle but you can struggle from a place of truth same idea man I walk in this anxiety this fear I, I'm just a worrier that's just what that's just where I live and I live in this paralyzing fear you don't have to you don't, you don't have to. Is it going to be a struggle? Yes. That's where you claim the truth of I am, that, that sin is defeated. It's no longer my master. And that's, 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 that is dirt level Christianity, waking up on Monday morning, battling with lies versus truth. And that was, that was so powerful when I heard that sitting there, but I have to tell kind of a funny aside to that. Um, it was super powerful. Um, very strong and so <laughs> your voice inflection when you said that it wasn't um, the power whisper it was it wasn't. not the power it whisper not. it was the full out dad voice <laughs> so um we had blessedly it was so fun all five of my children were sitting and a few sweet extras were sitting with us and um the dad voice came out and it was very much you don't have to struggle with that you it, it has been crucified you are a new person in christ um you do not and it was the strong dad voice all five of your children sitting on that row went <laughs> and all of them just raised up in their ears because they heard that tone in your voice and i thought that was the greatest thing anyway it was it was, it, a it was definitely treat. a dad voice and one thing i want to point out too is you talked about um in Christ, we have a new identity. And you had mentioned this earlier. All throughout the New Testament, we see Paul referring to the church as in Christ, mm -hmm. in Christ. So our identity as Jesus followers, our identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, 
that refers to our past sin life. It's not in our sin. It's mm. our new life in Christ. But that also applies to the sins that have been done against us. That's right. Our identity that's is good. not in being a victim yes. of something. That's, Ooh, that's right. good. That's our identity good. is in Christ. Yeah. You know, so whatever that is with you, whether it's your sin problem, the sins that have been done against you, or some sort of thing that has hindered you in life to some degree, whether that's physical, mental, whatever that is. In the past or right now. Or right now. Yeah. Your identity is not balled up in that thing. First and foremost, your identity is mm -hmm. in Christ. Yeah. And, and we have to be able to see that as we live in every facet of our life, really. Yeah. That's really good. So I want to ask you a question. Were you going to say something? Well, it just, I'm just going to yeah. add the thought is, I just can't bring myself to forgive. Mm. Mm -hmm. As a believer, you mm. cannot say that. That's right. That's not true. That's right. Because of the forgiveness you have received that will be infinitely greater mm. than any offense anyone mm. ever does to you. Mm. I'm dead to that. Yes. That, that I, I've died to that. I can't say, oh, I just can't bring myself to, to forgive. Mm -hmm. In the dad voice, mm -hmm. yes, you can. Mm -hmm. In the power of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. That's, That's good. exactly right. Great good. illustration. Um, and, I want, and I want to, um, brings me to another question. So, Thinking about it, okay, so we're resurrected in Christ. We have this new life in Christ. Mm -hmm. Sin is defeated, but it's not completely eliminated right now. So as a Christ follower, how do we practically live in Christ and also struggle with our sin nature? What does this practically look like for us as believers? How do we fight sin, and how do we help each other fight sin? That's, That's, good. That's a great That's question. Good. Yeah, so I think Paul helps us with that. You know, again, such truth here in Romans 6, but then he gets down into, you just jump down to verse 11 through 13 and 14, he gets really practical. So it says, verse 11, even so, consider, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So that word consider is as practical as it can get. That's the battle of the mind. That's the battle of truth versus error. So he says, look, even so, continually in an ongoing present reality you got to you got to wrestle and hold on to what is true you're dead to sin and you're alive to God because of the resurrection so that's where it begins this is a battle of truth immerse yourself in truth immerse yourself in the word I mean practically I need to hear every day with all the temptations we all face and all my flesh that wants to rise up in sin I need to hear on a regular basis the gospel that says Christ died I died with him Christ rose from the dead, I, I rose with him. And then commanding your thoughts, commanding your thoughts to think. That's right. On that truth. That's right. Yeah. Consider myself to be dead because of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of the message of the gospel. So that's it. Starts in the mind. That's why we talk so much about the Bible reading plans, why we talk so much about study groups. Whatever we can pursue to immerse ourselves in truth is where the battle starts. And Paul makes that very clear there in verse 11. Then he goes on, uh, just really quick, same thing in verse 13. He says, and do not let, or do not go on presenting the members of your body as a, as a manner of life as instruments of unrighteousness. That's right. But present yourselves to God. Mm -hmm. And that word present is really a call to the will that has now been freed, by the way, mm -hmm. and we'll chase that whole idea later. Before Christ, our will's not free, it's bound in mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. After Christ, our will, we are a freed will. So he said, look, you don't have to present yourself to sin anymore as a master. You can present yourself to your heavenly Father, the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus, in His Word, present yourself to Him as your new master who continually gives you life. You can submit yourself to sin all you want, but it only leads to death. Christ, present yourself. So it's this 
consider myself, consider what is true, mm -hmm. and this daily, really moment by moment, mm -hmm. offering of yourself to your Heavenly Father as one who has been made alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. And all that's made possible by the cross and resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's such a new perspective, not a new perspective, but an awesome perspective on freedom. Because when people think <laughs> yeah. they are free to do whatever right. they want, right. they're really in bondage. Yeah. Um, true freedom is presenting ourselves to, to Christ and to uh, obedience to him and to his word and that's where truth that's where true freedom is that's awesome that's yeah and awesome. I, want, I want to ping on a couple things also that you just kind of said one we don't present our members right as members of sin so Paul goes on to even say in Romans 13 to make no provision for the flesh mm -hmm. right so there's some sin struggles that we have sure. that we still allow things to be in our environment right. to entice us to sin mm -hmm. to draw us to sin maybe those things are on our phone mm -hmm on our computer, and it could even be a relationship that maybe we just need to end, mm -hmm. to be you know, quite honest, mm -hmm. right? And we need, it might seem radical to a lot of people to be like, you know what, I'm going from a smartphone to a regular phone, or I don't get on the internet past you know, 10 o'clock at night once my wife goes to bed or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever that is, but that's a true fight, mm -hmm. right? right? So I mean, you don't want to even give sin uh, a provision, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's also that we live together as the body of Christ invests in one another. Mm -hmm. you know, so you know, Paul later on goes and talks about Romans about spiritual gifts. Well, he's talking about using your spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ, mm -hmm. right? So we're not just in this fight by ourselves. And to be honest with you, it'd be stupid for us to think that we can fight this alone. You can't win. Mm -hmm. you, you can't win. And I don't know about anybody else, but in this COVID era, right, mm -hmm. we've been watching more Netflix and which is Natural Geographics or animals, you know, at night, this glowing scorpion spider thing. I don't know if anybody's watched that, but there's like a glow-in-the-dark scorpion that fights this. It's, here we go. So real quick, it's this glow-in-the-dark scorpion, and it's seriously, it glows, and there, it's poisonous, like it, like it would kill a person. But there's a, a mouse, okay, and this happens like in South America. There's this mouse that is immune to the, the venom of this scorpion, right? So the mouse ends up biting its head off. Like it doesn't do anything to the mouse. Anyway, so we're watching a lot of those kind of shows. That, that is the a scorpion, lot of expression. The scorpion story. The, the scorpion story really is relevant. But but you see, but you see like the lines and the gazelles. You're right. So but you see the but you see the lines and the gazelles. The line, you know, gets the weakest gazelle off by itself. Right. right? So because it, that's the strategy is to do that. And so, you know, whether it's Satan, whether it's our own sin nature of the world, whatever that is, when we're off by ourselves mm -hmm. and we're not relying in the yeah. strength of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. we're just setting ourselves up mm -hmm. for failure. It's so important yeah. that we realize as a local church mm -hmm. we're to help one another and to be engaged in the local church to yeah. build one another up. Yeah, because so. one of the biggest lies I think we tell ourselves is I can't let my brothers and sisters in Christ know that I struggle with whatever that is, yes. because that will harm my testimony. Yes. Because that will, and, and there's some, you know, there's some wisdom mm -hmm. in what you share and how you share it, mm -hmm. but keeping things hidden mm -hmm. um, and living a life that's not um, in the light yes. is so dangerous and it harms the body of Christ it, because they need to see us struggle and see us struggle well. That's right. Through those things. And, and so to that point, and Mike, that really hit home with me in the sermon was you had mentioned well, you don't know what my sin is. You don't know what my thoughts yeah. are. You don't know what I struggle with, right? And I think a lot of us are, we're so ashamed of our sin, and we should be ashamed of our right. sin, right? But we're so ashamed of it that we just try to hide it, yeah. right? Well, Scripture says to bring it into the light, to expose it, right? Uh, and we need one. We need to confess our sins. We need to be repentant of our sins. But there is no sin under the sun that, you know, or there's no sin you've mm -hmm. done that's just new, to, yeah. to the world, right? You know, it's not a surprise to the Lord, right? And I just remember just, you know, struggling with sin, 
like in my early walk with Christ where I was afraid to go to a pastor or a parent or a mentor to be like, man, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, whatever. Because mm -hmm. I just thought, man, either I'm not really a Christian or I'm a weirdo. I mean, mm -hmm. like seriously, like that's what I thought. And it wasn't until I really started being very vulnerable and transparent yeah. with some, some men who were older than me, further ahead in their walk with Christ, that I would talk to them about that and they would just open up, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and we would share and they would invest in me. And it wasn't like they're beating you over the head like, man, I can't believe you. No, it was like, man, mm -hmm. you know, I hear you. Let's pray about it. Let's fight this together. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I'm just saying that now to where just, yeah. I think that probably reflects a lot of people, even mm -hmm. within our own yeah. church, who are just afraid to come mm -hmm. out and say, okay, I struggle with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's really an, uh, an understanding of the gospel. Remember, because at the beginning of Romans, he talks about, and I think I said this in every service, but the gospel declares we are more sinful than we could ever imagine. That's right. At the same time, the grace of Christ is more, uh, is more satisfying, more sufficient to cover that sin than I could ever hope for. If we really believe that, then we will be able to share in community right. well mm -hmm. what we're struggling with to bring it into the light. That's right. But the community can't just nod and go, well, you know, yeah. do your best. That's right. Hebrews 3 says we are to encourage one another mm -hmm. day by day mm -hmm. And the reason is that as long as it's still called a day, so that none of us will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's right. And left to myself, I have the capacity to deceive myself about mm -hmm. sin. I need that brother to uh, point out mm -hmm. that blind spot That's in my right. life. I need that. Mm -hmm. So this whole struggle with sin, you said, consider, mm -hmm. present, mm -hmm. but do that in the context of community brothers and sisters are you really going to struggle and you will be deceived and your heart hardened to sin yeah. we need one another yeah. and that is actually an amazing segue into our mailbox for this week um, so we're going to um, answer one of our questions that came in so for our mailbox this week, we did have a couple of great questions come in. So I wanted to tackle the first one. These guys are going to tackle the second one. Actually, the first one was addressed to me personally, so I felt very loved. Um, it says, hey guys, I have been listening to Behind the Message in Carline on Fridays, which is awesome. Anyway, I really enjoyed the section with the questions extended edition, and it hit directly on something that's been stirring with me. I currently do not have a woman who is more spiritually mature walking alongside of me. Our life group, which we co-lead, is made up of younger believers, and we have been blessed to be able to walk with them, challenge them, and see them grow. But there is no one in my life group that is someone right now that can call me to repentance and hold me accountable in my walk of faith. I do have a couple of women who I lean on and walk alongside for encouragement. So here's our question. How, what, when, where would you suggest finding someone to play a role in mentoring when connecting is so difficult right now during the time of COVID? COVID. So this hits on a couple of different things, which I thought was really cool. The first thing that it gets at is that moms and Carline are awesome. <laughs> moms and Carline change the world. Change the, the world. Yes. The amount of time that women spend sitting in Carline and the amount of time. Or men. Yes. Excuse me. I just want to put that out there. That's right. Go right ahead. You want to do your flag, don't you? The, the drop-off, the Ridgeview 180, <laughs> as, it, as it, it is a real thing. Y'all, they, they have a checkered flag, y'all. Yes. <laughs> yes. They've missed it during this time of COVID. But anyway, moms and Carline are fabulous. They change the world, and dads, they change the world. So the second thing this really hits on, that I, the reason I love this question, was that it talks about how much... Um, COVID and the pandem pandemic has changed things. Mm -hmm. And it has, and we're aware of that. Um, but I was thinking about something last night and then this morning. Um, it has changed things, but it's changed things um, in a perfect way. And here's what I mean by that. 
because this pandemic was totally allowed by our holy sovereign God right now in our lives. It's, it's not great, but it's allowed by God. It has, it's perfectly intersecting this time in our lives with whatever age and stage our kids are in or we're in personally. And so we have to call it as good anyway. Mm-hmm. For his glory, for our good, he's using it. Um, and he's using it in this lady's life right now, which I think is really exciting. And, um, and I think another way that COVID has just perfectly done some things and is continuing to do some things is that it's made us question what we place our faith in. Mm. Um, it's made us question, do we place our faith in church structures, in church programs, in masks, in hand sanitizers, <laughs> in um, daily health updates? Mm. Um, what do we place our faith in? Or are we trusting our sovereign God that has allowed this to touch our lives right mm. now? And so I love that that question kind of got to that. Another reason I love this question, all of this before I even answer it, um, is that it points us back to the body of Christ and Mm. the importance in the body Mm. of Christ. So I love what this lady's doing is that she's talking about life groups Mm. and and her life group and how she's pouring herself out into her life group, Mm. which I love and is so vital. So when you talk about growing in the faith, when you talk about accountability, like we talked about earlier, um, our church provides right now the ability for us, even in the midst of COVID, to plug into groups, mm-hmm. smaller groups um, of people for those ex- exact purposes, um, for accountability, for challenge, for all of those things, um, and for discipleship, which is mm-hmm. what this lady's talking about. Um, it's harder now, mm-hmm. um, it's more difficult now, but that makes it sweeter. Um, as we press in and we pursue something that's just difficult right now. Um, And it grows us all the time. And there was this great quote that I came across this week that says, um, the growth of the gospel happens in the lives of people, not within the structures of the church. And um, it is powerful to think our church structures and programs are so changed right now. Um, but growth and discipleship mm-hmm. still happen because mm-hmm. it happens sure. through the lives of people. Mm-hmm. And so what this sweet lady is asking is, so how do I find that person? How do I find somebody to mentor me um, when we're socially distanced, when it's hard to get together? Um, and she kind of set up something we talked about in the extended edition mm-hmm. um, last week. The extravaganza. Yes, it had multi-titles. Yes. Um, that in, in people's lives, you need to have a Timothy and a Barnabas and a Paul, which is kind of this picture that, that we've kind of used in our minds for several years. But that Timothy is that person that you're kind of reaching behind and you're encouraging and you're pulling up in the mm-hmm. faith. And that Barnabas is that person that you're standing shoulder to shoulder with. And then that Paul is that person who's ahead of you in the faith and that you're following and you're learning from. Um, and, and this lady sounds like she's got those Timothys and she's got those Barnabases and she's looking for that Paul in her life, that person who's just a little bit further um, down the road. And right now it's just hard to find that kind of a, of a person. So here would be, after all of that, what I think would be um, the beginning answer to that question, and you guys can chime in, um, is the first thing is to pray for that um, and to get your life group to pray for that, um, to pray for who that person may be, to pray for the Lord to, to bring somebody to mind, um, to pray for wisdom in that situation. And there was another little flip to that too. Um, as you are in your life groups and you're pouring out into people's lives and as you're speaking truth, keep in mind that what you're really doing is you are raising up the future Pauls to come. And so as this lady is, is pouring into these younger believers in her life group, she needs to keep in mind that she is serving the next generation of believers because she is raising up those Pauls that will be those mentors later on in life, um, which, is, which is awesome. Um, 
So pray, first of all, and get your life group to pray with you. Mm -hmm. They need to know that you as someone who is an older believer than them mm -hmm. is also continually seeking for someone further down the road than you. We need, mm -hmm. to, we need to model that in front of other people. So get your life group to pray about that. And then one of the hardest things we have to do as women is we have to ask. And I think it's okay if, if, you, if you're coming to the church service, you see somebody at church or you know somebody or ask, ask them. Um, kind of figure out what, what you need. Is it, is it accountability? Is it, do you want somebody to study the word with you, to teach you how to study the word, um, to teach you about mothering? To, what is it that you need? Allow the Lord to bring some names to mind and ask. Just ask that person if they would and then pursue them and pursue that. Um, instead of sitting back and waiting for when is somebody going to come and ask me, um, which I don't think that's what this lady is doing, but um, pursue that person and then use technology to its fullest degree right mm -hmm. now. Um, use technology to meet, to call, to text, to FaceTime, to do whatever you need to do. Um, and remember too that um, mentorship and discipleship is one-on-one, -on -one, but it doesn't have to be with just one. Mm -hmm. And the people that you're around right now are all discipling you and pouring mm -hmm. into you in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and even the, the ladies that are in your life group right now, um, they are speaking truth and teaching you things that you may not ever learn from anybody else. Um, they may be a little behind you in your walk with the Lord, mm -hmm. but how they are challenging you and the things that they are teaching you and mm -hmm. teaching you to study through and to come up with answers for, that's, that's discipleship as well. So that's what I would say to that, to pray, um, to pursue that, to press into that, to bring others along with you in that journey. Mm -hmm. And it is difficult right now, but um, it's doable and it's worth it at the same time. Yeah. One yeah. thing I would add, to, a couple things I would add to that. Mm -hmm. One is the importance of, it's probably not just a person, mm -hmm. right? It's probably not just a person. You need the church body, mm -hmm. right? So you don't want to isolate yourself to that one person, look to them, because ultimately we all look to a person and his name's Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So if we just look to that one person that a disciple is, that one person is going to have giftings, mm -hmm. but they're also going to have weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? So you want to just isolate yourself and just say, okay, I'm going to pigeonhole myself to this one person. So there's that. Also with this question, I'm not sure if this, in this context, and we'll use your illustration, maybe this is a Timothy who's in a group of a bunch of other Timothys, mm -hmm. right? Or it could be a Paul with Timothys. Whatever that case may be, um, we have to open each other up to... Uh, be vulnerable with our groups, right? So it's not, we're not just pouring in, but that group, to your point, is pouring back into mm -hmm. us. And so th what the question is, and I'm not picking on, but the question is, uh, I need somebody to call me to repentance and hold me accountable, mm -hmm. right? Anybody in that group, right? If they're a believer, you know, and they're looking to scripture, they can call you to repentance, mm -hmm. right? And they can, they can hold you accountable. But mm -hmm. if you're leading that group, Sometimes you may have to remind those people, right, whether you're Paul or just another Timothy, like, hey, challenge me, mm -hmm. call me to repentance, okay? And I'm going to be vulnerable enough to tell you, these are my temptations, these are my sin struggles, this is what's, you know, true of me in my heart that I need to put to death. And we need to go to a step further not, and also just confess, okay, these are the sin struggles that I have in life, mm -hmm. okay? So these are... These are things I struggle with. So pay attention to these things. Mm -hmm. Hold me accountable. So we have to choose to be vulnerable and then encourage the other people in the group mm -hmm. to invest in our lives that yeah. way, no matter what group you're in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. Can I one final thought? Yes. yes. I think it's great what you said. When you look, I appreciate the pursuit. I want to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, great point. Don't think it's just a single person. It's the body of Christ. It may be multiple mm -hmm. people that God uses to help us grow. Secondly, don't always think it's an issue of age. An older person certainly doesn't always mean more mature. It may be somebody half your age. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and thirdly, the people that may mentor you the most might be dead. Mm. Meaning. Yeah, would you like to explain? Yeah, <laughs> meaning that's the place that we are grateful to have so many good books mm -hmm. and such rich Christian literature of godly men and women who have gone before us. Immerse yourself in some of these great biographies and autobiographies of men and women of the past mm -hmm. who can mentor us mm -hmm. and disciple us and even though they're speaking while dead, which means read yeah. some of these great books that are out there and immerse yourself. Mm -hmm. First the scriptures, obviously, but then some of these great books that we have that we can really be mentored um, through. Yes. All right, so we had another question. Another question. I'm going to read this question so you guys can answer it. Yes. Um, it is, um, we know that Jesus will return to create a heavenly earth. Mm -hmm. My question is, if there is only one heaven, where do the saved souls that have gone before us go? So we received that question this week. So. Okay, so let's tackle that. Here's, I think, I think the question that's being asked. If Christ, when Christians die now, where do they go? Mm -hmm. I think that's the question that's being asked. Yeah. So the answer is pretty clear from the New Testament uh, that, for example, when Paul says in Philippians 1 that to live as Christ is to, and to die is gain, he's facing death. He says, I'm hard-pressed from both directions. I don't know which to choose. One is better. He says, uh, but for me to depart would be to be with Christ, mm -hmm. Philippians 1. Mm -hmm. So Paul is clearly stating, if I as a Christian die today, instant Jesus. Yeah. I go into the presence of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, same thing, absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So there's really no question in the New Testament that when a believer dies now, it is instant Jesus into the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, and so now we have an opportunity um, to watch a quick video, and the sole purpose of it is to keep our eyes and our hearts focused outward um, on our neighbors and on the nations around us. So watch this video with us, um, and then we'll come back and pray over you. I'm Jonathan Chapman, the director of the BCM, and just wanted to take a minute um, to tell you guys a little bit about the school and how you support us through give to go um, we literally have almost 15,000 students here and we're trying to engage them and reach them each and every day. We're trying to take the gospel out to the campus. Uh, we also have uh, over 800 uh, international students at ETSU and they represent about uh, 23 countries uh, from all around the world. And so ETSU in so many ways um, is literally the world coming to us. And the church, uh, Tri-Cities Baptist Church, you guys are a huge part of this. Um, you support us through Give to Go, and, and that offering literally uh, helps us to, to bring the gospel out to the campus and also helps us not only to engage students, but also to disciple students uh, into further kingdom growth. And, and one of the things we also do is we equip them and try to send them back out on mission, uh, not only on the campus, not only to our churches, but around the world. And so I want to thank you guys uh, for supporting us, for supporting our ministry. And uh, I got a couple of just uh, prayer requests uh, sort of during coronavirus. Uh, if you could pray for our students, um, it's such a hard time. Many of them have lost jobs. Many of their families have lost jobs. And so it's a much harder time as far as studies and finances and, and you know, financial aid and things of that nature. So if you could pray for them, that would be very helpful. And then also, if you could pray for us at the BCM, uh, us as a staff, um, us as student leaders, and us as our students in general, as we continue to try to come out here on the campus uh, each and every day, and not only witness, not only take the gospel out here to the campus, um, but to, to bring students into a community 
um, where they can be discipled and where they can be sent out on mission. Uh, love you, church. Love you, Tri-Cities. I really appreciate all you do. And uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting the BCM through Give to Go. So we are going to do what we do every week, and we are going to close by just reading some scripture and praying scripture over you as our church family. So let's pray together. Lord, we know that if we are believers in you, we have become united with you in the likeness of your death. And Lord, we praise you for that today. We know that we will dwell in the likeness of your resurrection. And Father, knowing this, we know that our old self was crucified with you and that our body of sin has been done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Lord, because you have died, we are free and we can never have lives that celebrate that enough and now we have died with Christ and we believe that we will also live with him father God we praise you for your resurrection for the truth and the everydayness of that in our lives and we love you and it's in your son's name we pray amen